just read whatever was there. I read a lot of things that went way over my head. I read a lot that I didn't understand and I re reread later and was like, oh, I, you know, I didn't get that. But mm -hmm. having that freedom to read was just so enriching and so important and allowed me to really think creatively and think critically about who I was and the world that I was in. I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Anne Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Um, I always say it, and I'll say it again. I'm, I'm super excited to talk to my guest today. And as I've said before, selfishly, I get to, you know, talk to really cool people and people that I just choose to. So again, um, super excited for my guest. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Oluzbemi Sola, Rude Perkovich, and I am super excited to be here. It's morning for me, and this is a great way to uh, start my day with this conversation. No, I am so excited to have you, and I've always, you've always been someone that I've admired online and just appreciated so much just in regards to the work that you do um, for educators, for kids, for authors, etc., um, so I'm just excited to, to zone in on the work that you're doing, um, a little bit of your background, and if we get to it, some of the, the projects that you're, you're most currently working on. Um, how, do, how does that sound? Does that sound okay? That sounds great. Yeah, awesome. So let's start. I always like to start like in the beginning. Um, what did it look like for you growing up as a kid? And was writing something that you've always wanted to do growing up? I, yes, I would say, I think I've always loved writing, reading. It came from reading for me. Um, I was born in New York, and then we moved a lot. Um, my father, my parents are both immigrants. My father is Nigerian and my mom was Jamaican. And um, so with that and with moving around, um, being in different countries sometimes and being a lot in the US, I was a new kid uh over and over again for every school year up until mm -hmm. um wow. eighth grade wow. so that was challenging you know I was a shy kid um but it also I think really helped me develop as a writer because mm -hmm. I was always going into these places and having to figure them out and sort of having to notice 
details, really observe, understand the culture of the new school that I was in or the new place that I was in, figure out where I was going to fit in and where I wasn't going to fit in. Mm -hmm. And um, I used books sort of to help me do that as well. So I would read and sometimes read to sort of practice what I might do or how I might behave, practice the situations that I would imagine myself being in. So that was part of it. And then books were just a joy for me. I grew up in a very storytelling oriented family. So we started with oral storytelling, um, always having my parents, my grandparents talk about the stories of back home. And my sister and I were always begging us, tell us about when you were a little girl, tell us, tell us, tell us about coming to the country. So though, and then we were big, my parents were big readers. My grandparents were big readers. So we had books all over the home. We were always going to the library and I had a lot of freedom to read. So mm. I could just read whatever was there. I read a lot of things that went way over my head. I read a lot that I didn't understand and I reread re later and was like, oh, I, you know, I didn't get that. But mm -hmm. having that freedom to read was just so enriching and so important. And allowed me to really think creatively and think critically about who I was and the world that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said the freedom. It's so now as well. Um, in oh, yeah, to, yeah, the, yeah. The idea of freedom to read. And I want you to, if you can, just expand a little bit more on that. And just in regards to the importance of that in your life and to kids and adults, I guess, as well today. The idea us, yeah. of like the freedom, the freedom to read. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, this is this is one that's so dear to me. And I understand when I see sometimes adults struggle with that for children. Like there's like a, a fear, and but there's also sometimes an ignorance and sometimes like a for, forgetting or forgetfulness about the fact that all of us are in this world where so many things are happening and so many things are going on. Um, reading about them in a book or not reading about them in a book um, is not going to make them not happen. So things that you're afraid of children reading about mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're not already happening in the world. Things that um, some children are going through are just as valid as things that other children are going through. So all of these experiences that just like I was able to, that kids were, are able to sort of read about and grapple with and discuss and think critically about through mm -hmm. literature helps them and helped me so much be able to operate in the world, to be able to be a thinking, empathetic, um, active person in the world, to take part and want to be productive in society. It's because I did so much reading and had that freedom to read and think and ask questions and develop as opposed to being closed off, as opposed to being uh, restricted, mm -hmm. as opposed to being what I consider I would consider uneducated. Having that, like that is just a, it's such an important part of my education. Mm -hmm. um, what I hope that I do as a parent. Um, what I always try to encourage in teaching writing or working with with young people in youth development, having that foundation and appreciating that freedom that for the most part we have here, it's getting a little. Um... <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, 
it is such a blessing. And it, it's if we really care about justice and care about forming who we are in our society, we have to be able to imagine it. And we have to be able to think creatively and think critically. And I think reading, believing in stories, understanding stories, creating stories is such a big part of that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you said everything I was I was thinking about the idea of I just I think just trust if if we believe all of the things that we say about reading and writing, um, we need to trust mm-hmm. our kids. We really need to trust and believe that they're going to pick up something, take a look at it, and with guidance, of course, like they're gonna have questions, right? So that's what literature mm-hmm. does. It allows people to ask questions and that's where amazing dialogue can happen right like yeah <laughs> that's that's kind and of I was able starts. to as a young reader I was able to skip over the parts that I understood I wasn't ready for I was mm-hmm. able to put something down that I didn't think I was ready for I was able to read something and maybe find someone to ask about it and mm-hmm. that's such a good thing <laughs> to, to have those dialogues and yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think it, it, it goes from every age level. Like as soon as we allow yes. our kids to to have that freedom to, to, to choose and as educators and authors to have the freedom to to give them and put those books in their hands, I think it's going to um, continue to just allow them to, to understand the world better um, and the people around them better as yeah. well so yeah what you said gonna... about trust is so important it's yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have to trust them eventually right and, yeah. and the in the you know in the crazy part about a lot of this is like regardless of whether we do or not they if they need something like they find everything else they will find <laughs> exactly <laughs> right exactly. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> it really yeah and so why not be a part of supporting and nurturing and encouraging and mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. helping, helping our our young people grow, helping ourselves grow, because we're always still totally needing totally. to do it. Totally, yeah. about the storytelling that happened when you were younger and how much that has influenced you, um, I guess, today and and moving forward in the work that you do. Um, You speak about um, these family members sharing the story. What are some of your, like, fondest memories of some of the stories that have been told to you when you were younger? Oh, um, and even older. It's funny, I've just recently discovered some new stories from my dad because my daughter was asking him about his experiences um she was doing a project and so i learned a whole bunch of things about my dad that i had never heard before and that i had no idea about so it was really interesting to hear that um for me i really love my mom used to talk a lot about the wonder of coming Mm. to new york and experiencing certain things for the first time but also the strong love and connection she she had to home to Jamaica and mm. she was from she was from the country like country country and, and um what I loved was that she would talk about it so much and like 
in really vivid detail so that when the, I remember the first time I got to go back to visit, I think it was around six, like for a real, a real visit. It was just like her stories. So wow. it was like my mom had done something magical and just like really precious that she had been able to sort of tell this. And then I got to experience it and be like, wow, she was, it had almost sounded like fantasy, but it was, it was true. <laughs> Um, and then the humor, my parents both would talk a lot about just sort of funny little things about, which I related to very much about sort of being in a place and feeling a little out of place or not knowing what the customs were or not knowing mm -hmm. what to do. And, um, and so I would really connect with that just because of all the different schools and all the different mm -hmm. community. Um, I love that. I yeah. Love that. I love yeah. that. And I guess my, my question to follow up to that, and, and I, I've heard you speak about this before, but I, I just, for selfish reasons, and I always say this, I want to just have it <laughs> here with me on this podcast as well. Um, can you, why do you, so with all of that, why do you write? What are the reasons why you, why you write? Mm. Oh, there's so many reasons why I write. Um, I write, I feel like I, I could change the answer each day. <laughs> Okay. I, yeah there's some days I'm writing because I have questions and I'm just working through questions um there's mm. some stories that are about just a question um that I'm trying to not even find an answer to because most of the time I don't think I get an answer to but it's just working through questions maybe finding multiple answers finding multiple points of view mm -hmm. um I write because books were such a special friend to me as a young black girl who so often felt unwelcome in a lot of spaces in the world. And I want, I so want to give young people, especially young black children, like I was, that feeling that they are loved, that they are respected, that their stories, just their daily, regular, everyday lives are precious and are important and that they can have room to to be funny, to be angry, to be sad, to be vulnerable, to be powerful, just to be all of the different selves that they are. Um, that really is at the heart of why, why I write. I love, and I love that you mentioned the part about they're allowed to be regular, normal. Yeah. I think that is so important. And I see more and more authors talking about that. And I think it's just, it's beautiful because, you know, like, I, I, I'm not a big fantasy person, but I enjoy seeing more Black characters in fantasy. Yeah, um, yeah. At the same time, I think that it's important that we normalize the idea of, you know, they can be normal kids going through a normal day and still feel all the things you mentioned. They can be special, right, by doing normal things because, you know, oftentimes, like, yourself, like, growing up in when you do see those books at like the spot and you see yourself and you're dreaming about those things they can be truly life-changing so I think the more books we have like that where kids can just be normal and see that normal is okay yeah <laughs> can be very beneficial just, just the variety of stories like I just the more that we can have all kinds of stories mm -hmm. for our kids is, is so I agree I agree I agree and I, uh, yeah I think that's yeah I think it's so important I have a few more questions. I know we're sure. kind of yeah, yeah. We're we're good. We get we're we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your transitioning from different schools. You mentioned in the beginning you mm. were in and out of a lot of schools, um, mm -hmm. and I never I didn't switch in and out of schools. My track was very 
much straight and narrow in regards to an elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, so being new wasn't something I really had to, to really go through. There's normally a group of people that I, that I went with. But for you, it sounded very different, very, very different. So I'm wondering, like, what was that experience like? Um, and what are some of the things you, you've learned about yourself throughout that journey? Mm. Um, I think that those experiences have helped me to be flexible and, mm. and creative and adjust quickly, which for the most part is a good thing. I mean, I think sometimes it's, it's good to sort of say, you know what, I'm not going to adjust. I'm not going to, this is my boundary and I'm going to set that. So I think I could use a little more of that, but, <laughs> um, I think it did help me learn how to be flexible learn how to sort of move in different, very different spaces. So sometimes I was in the schools in other countries or I was in different types of schools. So I was in traditional public schools. I was in a couple of um, international schools. I was in um, just a real variety of school situations. Mm-hmm. Um, environments where you call the teacher by their first name and others where you stood up whenever an adult came into the classroom and so I think it and it has helped me with stories um I love telling school stories I love sort of getting to know and understand that there can be so many so many stories in school culture and that there's no just like anything else there's no one way that school goes or one way that kids act um what I what else did I learn I I feel like flexible and creative were very important and just I think having it was a blessing for me because I think it really gave me a foundation for um, a perspective that includes the diaspora and that Mm -hmm. wants to think about a global community as as far as I can and so that was that was really an important thing and that has been sort of an important thing for mm-hmm. for me and my life and the way I think about my writing and my work. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think I think about I had a conversation with someone yesterday about just the idea of the school systems as well and how there's so many books, there's so many American books by American authors that look like me. But when I read those books, they like I tell when I say they sound identical to how I was raised, how I was brought up in in Canada in this little province called Nova Scotia like people are surprised but like it's just it's so fascinating to me that I can read these stories and literally they sound like me going through similar experiences that I gone that I had gone through when I was younger um and I think that's so cool I think that's so cool that there's that like interconnection between these two totally different places um, but at the same time, yeah, of course there's differences. And that's one of the things I want to explore as a writer as well. Like, yeah, what what if those characters were Canadian and they're Black and they're from a specific place? Like, how can we share those stories so people in other countries that look like us can say, oh, wow, like, there's people in Canada going through these same experiences, right? Um, yeah, I think school stories are so, so valuable um, because yeah. there's so many things happening in different, like we're in an international school in the Philippines that we spent yeah. in Singapore, like all those schools run so differently and the kids come from so many different places um, and go through so many different experiences. So 
I think again, there's never there will never be enough books about schools. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, I yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's just it's way about, too many experiences to go through. Too many, yeah. And they're just it's just I think so wonderful. There's so many points of connection and then so many points of specificity that mm-hmm. offer opportunities for us to just learn so many new things and mm-hmm. just love the familiar at the same time. So yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. My last question for you is, and you've probably had this question before as well, um, if you could tell your younger self anything, <laughs> um, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, what would I tell my younger self? Um, I think I would tell my younger self not to worry so much about, you know, I was definitely a school nerd. Um, so I, <laughs> not a bad I was very concerned with getting good grades and, mm. um, though I was a little more, I, I figured out ways to kind of be what I'll call rebellious, but within <laughs> so like within I would boundaries within the boundaries so like I would do things like if I didn't like assignments I would figure out ways to come up with my own assignment and get the teacher to accept it like like that kind of <laughs> that kind of that's, creative a, that's just smart <laughs> <laughs> that kind of creative thinking um but I would tell myself to to take even more risks um mm. to not feel like I had to be good at everything I did to feel like it's okay to sorry about the noise um feel like it's okay to try things and fail and know that the there's still so much that you win in the failing um mm-hmm. the um, that it's worth it uh not to be I mean I think this is one that everyone says um you know not to worry so much about what other people think mm-hmm. um it's really none of my business <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, to move in a way that is thinking less of myself and less of to get out of myself and out of my head mm-hmm. and to think more about the world I'm in and who I want to be in it and how I want to do right in it. Wow I think and I think even though that is something that we've heard before it's still is so relevant and it will remain relevant I think just the way the world is like I think and I do believe social media and the internet um I think it's a beautiful thing I think it's there's so many benefits (laughs) to the internet um but I also think that where we have kids that are literally growing up where the internet is put on this like extremely high pedestal those words ring so true in regards to like just knowing who you are feeling comfortable with who you are um believing you are enough which kids are like I think they're gonna need some really strong values and just conversations and then you're gonna need to make lots of mistakes and all those things just to to understand it because I think it's not they're not going anywhere (laughs) right yeah (laughs) Um, yeah and And we don't need yeah I get I get the heartbroken sometimes because I feel like we do um, and a lot with uh, media digital media we do end up putting so much pressure on kids to to want to be more than they are Mm -hmm. and so like when I was in grad school like 800 years ago 
Um, and it was like, <laughs> we were talking about, I was doing educational technology and communication and we were talking and narratives and talking about like how um, the web was gonna be so democratizing and like people were gonna have opportunities to like express themselves and explore identity. Um, and it, in a large part did not turn out the way that we were all thinking it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. And there are some wonderful things that young people can do and are doing using social media um, and using the internet. And there are so many ways that adults <laughs> and a lot of people in power are working against that. And it just, mm -hmm. it, it really breaks my heart. Yeah, and I think that's just, again, I, I strongly believe in courses and deep understanding within schools that allow kids to explore digital citizenship and yes. what does that look like and how your footprint on the internet is, you know, like it's something that you get into and when you post that and people say it and I truly believe it because I've seen it, like if you post something online, like you need to understand that it can be, it, it, it most likely will be there forever. Like yeah. anyone can hold on to that image or that video. Um, so kids just need to understand. And talk, yeah. Up, and have conversation, right? Because we all make mistakes. We all post things, share things. Exactly. Like, we all started from somewhere. Um, I think it's just great now. <laughs> and where these kids are starting with everything else. Because I, I love, people are always like, Instagram, TikTok, there's so many platforms. Like kids get their kids are everywhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And as we mentioned before, you can't avoid them. You can't stop them from being in these places. Yeah. Like the more you stop them, the more they're gonna want to be there. Right. So why not have the conversations around what this could look like and how you take care of yourself online? Um yeah. because it's it's just unavoidable. It's, it is yeah. just, uh, right? just reminding ourselves that we're all like they're actual people like on the other ends of <laughs> real people <laughs> so we're all real people we're all human and just like having that compassion and that care mm -hmm. for each other mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. is so important it is it is friend i want to thank you so much for hanging out um i could tell this felt too natural. <laughs> it was so much fun. Where where can people find you online? Um, so I usually am posting pictures on Instagram uh, under my whole name, Olubemi Sola Rude Perkovich, mm -hmm. and my website, olubemisolabooks.com. Awesome. Awesome. And is there anything that we can, you know, look forward to? Um, um so, okay, let's see. So this year I have four books. You know, uh, I, I, I have so much coming. I do it. It's, it's, a little, it's, it's a little much. Um, so I, I had uh, Operation Sisterhood, a middle grade novel come out beginning of the year. And then I just had last week um, middle grade nonfiction, Saving Earth, uh, Climate Change and the Fight for Our Future. And then in May, I'll have a picture book biography called May Makes a Way. And then in June, I have a YA nonfiction um, called The Sun Does Shine. It's an adaptation of Anthony Ray Hinton's memoir of his almost 30 years in prison. So it's an adaptation for younger readers. 
you, my friend, are just and the writing is always so beautiful. So I just oh, I, again I just really thank kind. you. No, I'm, I'm not. This is not me. I'm not being kind. This, this is all real. <laughs> this is just facts. So just tell the facts. Like I appreciate it because four books is a lot. Um, and again, you're giving it to um, educators and kids and you know the masses so we i as a an educator and a reader i appreciate the work that you do so much i do so thank you thank you thank you i can't tell you enough how much i appreciate and just how much especially now like all over the world what you've gone through these last few years mm -hmm. the responsibility that educators have had is it's enormous and you're doing it with grace and with joy even in the midst of a lot of pain it's i i appreciate it so so much <laughs>